Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with my resident psychic medium, Christina Kern. You guys all love her as I do. Uh, She's got a very scary story to talk to me about. So welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you, Leslie. I'm so excited to be back. I love being on your podcast. I love having you on my podcast because first of all, my listeners love you. And uh, you are so insightful and have so many wonderful stories and, and analogies and ways to explain things that I don't always think about. And it totally makes sense. So I know you have something that you grew up with that was really scary. So I'm just going to hand the mic to you and you just go ahead and tell us. Sure. So for those of you who may or may not know, my mother was also a medium. So I kind of come from a line of mediums. Um But with that said, I was raised very strict Southern Baptist, as many of you who are listeners may know. So my mother, I think, was probably a little bit frightened of her gifts. And because of that, we really didn't talk a ton about some of the things that we experienced. Totally makes sense. Yeah. But when I hit my teen years, when I hit puberty, we had some really odd paranormal activities start kicking up in my childhood home. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) So when I was about 15, that's when we started noticing it. Um, The TV, it started with the TV. The TV would turn on and off by itself. Oh, no. Yeah. The volume button would also press down like you would see it pressed down all by itself and it would get jammed in the upward position so the volume on the tv all of a sudden would just be blaring on max yeah i've never heard anything like that oh my gosh it was terrible my dad refused to acknowledge what was going on and he said for you know a good year prior to everything really ramping up well somebody must have like a universal remote in their house and it's you know interacting with our tv frequency It wasn't until he was holding the remote one day and he saw the volume button pressed down by itself that he said, okay, something's going on. (laughs) So did he finally acknowledge it or was it still like, "Ah, I kind of don't, I don't really believe this. I just remember him saying, okay, I just watched the volume button press itself Mm. and that's not normal. So something's going on. Okay. So it started with the TV and then we started hearing like disembodied voices in the house that sounded like us. That was (gasps) the weird part. Yeah. So it sounded like I would be calling my mother or my brother would be calling my name or my mother or my dad were calling our names. And when we would go and investigate, they weren't actually in the space of the house that we thought they were. That'll mess with your mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I, guys, I haven't heard anything about the story. She's saving this because this is our Halloween episode. So she's like, I've got something for you. So this is crazy. I don't know anything about this. So keep going. Oh, yeah. So then we started hearing like a little random sound that were very odd. So I could be sitting in the living room and my bedroom was at the back end of the house. Mm-hmm. And in the top of my closet, I had this little shelf. And I basically created like a hope chest for myself. So I had boxes of dishes up there. I had different breakable stuff kind of sitting up on that shelf. I'm sitting in the living room one day with my boyfriend at the time. And we hear crashing of glass, like glass breaking coming from my room. What? Yeah. And it was so loud that it sounded like that shelf had collapsed in the top of my closet. So we go flying into my room thinking, okay, something is, you know, broken. Nothing. 
everything is perfectly fine. How do they do that? I want to know how these ghosts make those sounds. To, you know something has crashed. You know something is broken. You go in there and nothing happens. I don't know. I know. That. I know. We couldn't figure it out. We were we were pretty baffled. Yeah. So fast forward about six months. Six months later, everything really ramped up. And in hindsight, the best thing that I can think of is because I was experiencing mental and physical abuse and that house was very chaotic, Mm. I think that that house became a vibrational match for either some sort of low vibratory entity. I also think that because I was a medium and I didn't know it and I was going through puberty, I was kicking up some sort of poltergeist activity in the house as well. It was like a perfect storm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. So about six months later, um, it's the summertime. And at this particular time, I was about 16 and I was a cashier at our local grocery store and I had a shift that was getting ready to start. And I have this hang up. I don't like to get dressed in the bathroom. (laughs) I would put on a robe after my shower and I would go to my bedroom to get dressed. Okay. So I had just showered. I just put on my robe and I had walked into my bedroom and we had carpet throughout that house. Mm -hmm. And I heard a dragging noise on the carpet, almost like the best way I can describe it, my brother is much younger than me. And my brother was going through this phase at that time where he would basically like crawl along the floor like men in the army do. Oh gosh, okay. Yeah, so he would do that. And sometimes he would sneak up on me doing that. So that dragging noise sounded like my brother, Andrew, crawling along the carpet. And I had a bed skirt around the base of my bed. And I saw the left side of my bed skirt lift up and go back down. Oh no. So I thought, okay, my brother, Andrew, has crawled underneath my bed. So I said, Andrew, get up. I've got to get dressed. I need to get ready for work, and I don't have a lot of time. I heard my brother. I know I heard him. I heard my brother giggle, and I heard it coming from underneath my bed. So now I'm mad. Now I'm really mad. And I say again, Andrew, I'm serious. Get up. Get off the floor. I need to get ready. I hear the giggle again, and I hear dragging on the carpet underneath my bed so I get down on my knees and I pick up my bed skirt and when I look under my bed there is nobody there underneath my bed oh that's that's when your heart drops that's when you go holy crap oh my gosh yeah so I'm sitting there I'm like holy crap so I got up I went to find my brother my brother was on the complete opposite end of the house on the computer He didn't even know what was going on. So I went and found my mom and I told my mother what was going on. And my mom, my brother was so skittish back then. She said, don't tell Andrew. It'll scare him to death. He won't sleep. Let's just keep it to ourselves. I was like, all right, cool, fine. So fast forward a few weeks later, I'm getting into bed. It's, you know, everybody in the house has just gotten into bed. So everybody could not have been asleep yet. Right. I'm getting into the bed. I had just laid my head on the pillow and cut my light off and I heard, Uh, This is the best way I can describe this. You know, when you go to the mirror and maybe your throat's bothering you and you open your mouth just to look at the back of your throat and you go, ah, like that. Uh Yeah. Suddenly that noise was in my right ear. Like somebody was standing next to me making that noise. Ah. Nope. Yep. (laughs) No. And it started getting louder (gasps) and louder and louder to the point where it was echoing through the house. And I thought, surely at any moment, one of my parents or my brother is going to get up looking to see what this noise was. It was that loud. Oh, my gosh. So finally, I started getting the chills. And now in hindsight, I know that that had to have been some sort of entity that was in that space. Uh, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I sat up. And when I sat up, the noise got softer. When I reached for my lamp, the noise got softer. Mm. 
when I turned the lamp on, the noise stopped. I got up, I opened my bedroom door, and I expected to see my parents, either my dad looking at his throat in the mirror that was in our hallway, or I figured that everybody was going to be awake trying to figure out what that sound was. because it was so loud. No one was awake. Everyone was asleep. No one had heard what I had just heard. Wow. Yeah. So I go into my parents' room. I wake my mother up. Could not believe that my mother was already asleep. Yes. And I tell her what I've heard. Yeah. My dad thought that we were full of total crap. He was like, y'all are imagining this. You dreamt this. Go back to sleep. Right. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. I heard this. And the other thing that I heard that was preemptive to that noise, I heard that same dragging noise that I heard on the carpet mm-hmm. days prior. Yeah. Oh so again, gosh. I tell my mother and my mother's like, don't tell your brother. Yeah, your brother your won't sleep. Yeah. Don't tell him. We'll keep an eye on it. So your brother must not have any gifts then, correct? I don't think so, no. Okay. Mm-mm. okay. But I'm so curious, though, Christina, you were what? You said you were around 15, right? Mm, yeah, around there. Well, no wonder you were scared to death. I mean, I and it's like feeding on your being scared, feeding on your fear, and then probably having a blast. Now, do you think, I think you said it went with your frequency, it tried to match your frequency, and then you were going through puberty, and a lot of people say that's where you get poltergeist activity, when someone's a medium and maybe doesn't know it, and it's just all kind of a perfect storm for something to happen in someone's house. Do you think that's exactly what was going on? Oh, for sure. Okay. Absolutely, okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that there was lots of things going on. I think that we, because of everything that was happening in that house, we probably attracted some sort of low vibratory entity oh, into that absolutely. space. Um, because, you know, quite literally, you know, as we know, everything in the energy um, is, you know, a vibration. And those vibrations will basically like a moth to a flame. You can think of certain entities as being that they don't really, it's not personal. They just go with what they're a match to in terms of their energy. Right. And you know, I interviewed Kimo the light seer. I don't know if you know who that is on TikTok just recently. And he said, there are energies all around. There's an energy for frustration. There's an energy for anger. There's an energy for excitement. And maybe your frequency, and this sounds really technical, and we're just trying to explain it to people so that it's not the devil, it's not demons. It's really just a an energy or frequency that's trying to find its home or whatever it does, and it imprints maybe on you, and it just kind of gains strength, and then you have to be the one maybe that figures it out. And what did you have to do then? Did you have to like get rid of it? What did you do? Oh, gosh, because we were, you know, so enthralled with the Christian church, oh, yeah. we basically just prayed, you know, we went from room to room, bless the rooms. But my mother, I think because she was so fearful of stuff like that, she kind of ignored a lot of it. And in hindsight, I get why she did that. Um, Because I do that now with certain aspects of my mediumship, if I can sense certain low vibratory entities, close in a space that I'm in, I will absolutely ignore them because it snuffs out that attention that you give it. Oh, I see. Cause you don't give it any energy. Because I do know if you are a medium and you kind of deny the fact that you're a medium, that can make them mad too. And they'll try to knock down walls to get to you. Oh, absolutely. And I'm hearing my own guide say this now. Um, I think that because of the abuse that I was experiencing, mm-hmm. very often too, when we have some repressed or just anger in general kind of bubbling up within us towards a particular person in our life, especially if it's a parent and a parental figure, yes. that will kind of express itself again with poltergeist activity. Oh. No, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Because, uh, yeah, when I was talking to Chemo, he goes, Leslie, have you ever had a near-death experience? And I was like, I don't 
I don't think so. And he goes, let me rephrase this. Have you ever had an out of body experience? And I kid you not, Christina, he goes, because you get this so well and you understand what we understand and you're like where we are understanding it. How are you like that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. I just get it. In my soul, it rings true. He goes, are you sure you've never had And And I was like, well, I know that when I was younger and I was going through a little bit of abuse, um, I kind of put two and two together and I think I just kind of left my body when things were going on. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, you check out and I, yeah. And I think that maybe if nothing else, it gave me more of a a clear sentient. Is that right? Is, or maybe, okay. To, to understand things and to not necessarily be psychic or medium or anything. Although I do think I I've started to kind of get better at talking to my mom and that kind of thing. That's just because I practiced And I think we all have some gifts, but I do think that that was just something that was given to me and I didn't realize I had it until I started doing this podcast. And I'm like, I totally get every single thing you're saying. Let me add something else that I kind of know, you know? (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So then it ramped up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I kind of interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, the story, I'm, I'm telling you, I would be like your mom. And see, the thing is when you're so indoctrinated in a religion, it makes them more fearful on another level. So it's just getting all this food, <laughs> you know, to just keep going. Exactly. Yeah. So probably about, I would say maybe a few weeks after that particular instance where I heard that really odd sound, yeah. we had all gotten back into bed. Um, you know, we were going to bed for the night. I had literally just put my head to the pillow. Mm. Lights were out. Everything was quiet. And all of a sudden my brother who's in the room next to me starts screaming like at the top of his lungs. So we all, you know, come running my mom, my brother. I think my mom had told my dad that she was going to, you know, take care of my brother because I don't remember my dad coming into the room. Um, But when we got into my brother's room, my brother was white as a sheet and he was shaking, like visibly shaking. And I said, Andrew, what's wrong? And my mom was, you know, trying to console him. And he said, mama, I woke up and I heard what sounded like a noise on the carpet. Someone was dragging something on the carpet and I had my back to the door. So I turned over. When I turned over, mommy, you were standing in the doorway, but you had no eyes. No way. Yes, absolutely. Now he had no way of knowing about that dragging noise. No, you guys don't even discuss it with him. No, you don't even discuss any of this with him. So how would he have known that? Oh, he would not have known. Mm -mm. So there was something in that house that was presenting itself like my mother. And I think in hindsight, either that was an entity or that was some sort of representation of the anger that I had for my mother. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm wondering if that's what it was, girl. I think that's what it was. Yeah. You know, and like I said, you're going through a change, a total hormonal change in your life. You're also getting some, some abuse, emotional abuse, all the things. And we don't have to go into that, but you know, the abuse is very strong as was in my family too. So I get why. Wow. So, so what happened? Did, did that ever happen again? How did you start understanding this? Did, Did your parents ever acknowledge any of this? So my mother told me, probably like a year or two after all of that happened, she said, you're making this happen. You're causing this. And in hindsight, I think that I was a a big key factor in that, but I don't think I was all of it. No, 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 not at all. She absolutely believed in all of it. Um, But I think because of our, again, our church upbringing, you know, they teach you in the, in the Baptist church that anything 
that goes bump in the night is a demon. There is no in between, you know, in the Baptist church. So my mother, I think, assumed that there was something really bad in our space. So yeah, I mean, it never got any worse than those particular instances. Um, One time I remember our power went out randomly and everybody else's was on, the bill was paid, you know, it basically like cut the power in our house. That same night that our power was cut, I remember we heard a lot of disembodied voices in the house that night, like people calling our name that sounded like our parents. Um, And our parents never heard those voices. It was just me and my brother that could hear them on that particular night. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they mimic your voice, you know, and also that doppelganger thing with your brother seeing your mom, even though she didn't have any eyes, he knew it was a representation of your mom. What in the heck? Yeah. Scary. Now, I know you don't really speak to your mom and dad. Do you speak to your brother at all anymore? No. My understanding is he still lives with my parents. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I didn't know if maybe you had actually had a conversation with him about it or did it just kind of get brushed under the rug like everything else in that kind of situation? We talked about it in the years that kind of surrounded that time period where we were experiencing it. He and I, I don't remember us really like having huge in-depth conversations about it because I don't think that I wanted to scare him anymore than he already was. So whenever we brought it up, we would just basically say, you know, I don't know what's going on. This is really strange. Um, My mother and I talked about it more, but not a ton. I just remember her saying, you're causing this. You're making this happen. Um, And then I remember her saying, there has to be some sort of spirit in here that's cutting the lights on. That was the other thing that would happen. I would walk into my bedroom on certain days and all of the picture frames would be set down, like face down in my bedroom. No. Uh Yeah. Very strange. Like I would go in the room, everything would be normal. I would go back in the room a few seconds later, all the picture frames are down. So not only are you having serious activity in your house, your mom's blaming you for everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was pretty much par for the course anyway. So. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, okay, poor Christina. Um, okay. God bless your parents. But really? I mean, come on. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Now I know you've gone on a couple of paranormal investigations with your best friend, Missy, and she's also your co-host on the Ghosties podcast. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But do you have any stories that, you know, quick little stories you can tell my listeners about anything else that's happened to you, maybe on an investigation that, you know, has scared you or just startled you? I don't think you really get scared anymore. I think you know kind of how to handle it. But I think some things have creeped you out. Yeah, I think probably the freakiest investigation that we did, it's not really an investigation. It was where I channeled Marilyn Monroe. Very cool. Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically did like an afterlife interview where I called forward Marilyn Monroe and channeled her for a session. And we did like a little question and answer period with her kind of like the time leading up to that I remember I think because Kim Kardashian had worn her famous dress that gave us the idea to basically do that interview Mm. and it was really strange right before we were to do the interview I saw this TikTok where this other medium said I have channeled Marilyn Monroe and a word of caution to anyone else who does her energy is so depressed and sad feeling still just make sure that you cleanse your energy afterwards because this person said I experienced some really severe depression after channeling her. And I have to tell you, Leslie, I thought it was crap. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be fine. I went into it totally, you know, with rose colored glasses on. Right, right. 
So Missy and I, we, especially for interviews like this, where we're channeling a spirit, we like to do those in person so that there's no, you know, interference with our equipment and things like that. Right. We sit down at her kitchen table and I start channeling Marilyn Monroe. And I have to say, y'all, I don't remember a ton of this interview, Mm. but all I remember is feeling like this sense of the saddest person I had ever met Mm. walked into the room when I started channeling her. Uh, Towards the end of the interview, she basically made it pretty obvious that Bobby Kennedy probably had a really large hand in her death. Yeah. I do not feel like she committed suicide at all. Yeah, no, I don't um, either. I don't either at all. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. But after we were done with that interview, I had the most severe bout of depression that I think I have ever oh experienced. God, it was awful to the point where even now to date, I say a little prayer for Marilyn and wish her peace even now on the other side. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But you know, you think that that part of Marilyn, because her higher self is, you know, a little more advanced than that. You think that that little piece of Marilyn, she must be like really going through a healing process up there still, do you think? Mm -hmm. And you would think it would be better, but it's not this all these years gone by. That's the impression that I was given. Um, She was so abused in her life also like by from every person that should have been a safe place for her from the time she was really small upwards until you know the very end of her life she never really had a safe place and that was so gives me the chills now that's the impression that I got from her that her life was never good or easy and the abuse that she experienced from her husband's from her parents, from the men in her life, from the executives that she had to interact with. She just faced a lot of stuff. And it's, it's no wonder that she had depression and, you know, mood disorder types of issues because of the trauma that she had experienced. But my God, it was quite literally like this dark rain cloud Mm. just hovered over me. And in the month afterwards, I was just a different person. It took me a good month to shake that energy. And, you know, she may have been presenting herself how she was then to you, as opposed to maybe, maybe she is more healed now. But if you want to channel me and you want me to answer questions from when I remember I was alive at that point, yeah, I'm going to go there. And I'm going to go back to that time, how I felt, how I was, um, how I was gaslit, how I was love bombed, how I was all these things. And yeah, it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. How else is she going to present herself? Would you even believe it was her if it was somebody all happy and lovely and, and oh, we're happy and everything's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure she is to a point in another dimension or whatever you want to call it. But the Marilyn Monroe that you pulled forward, she's going to be her true Marilyn Monroe self. It's just kind of feels like that for me. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, oh my gosh, it was such a heavy interview. Yeah. And I'm over here trying to explain it because I think I know it all, but <laughs> But it just feels like that to me. It just feels like, you know, how else would you know it was her if you weren't going to feel exactly how she felt? Mm -hmm. It's interesting, too. Somebody asked for me to say a phrase in Spanish. And I didn't know this going into this, but she was bilingual. She was fluent in Spanish. And I spoke Spanish. And I do not speak Spanish. (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. Well, I know she was very smart. She did not present herself that way because she was told nobody wants a smart girl. Uh, Back in the 50s and 60s, uh, you were supposed to do what the patriarchy said to do. So that's what you did. And, you know, the 
dumb platinum blonde bombshell, you're supposed to be, you know, pretty and cute and uh, sit back and just let people talk for you because you're you're not smart enough for that. Right. It was so sad. Bless her heart. Yeah. So... Girl, I tell you, you know, for a Halloween episode, this one was good because uh, it was a personal story. Now, when you left your house, you know, by the time you left, I don't know how old you were. Was it under control? Did you have those things under control? I mean, I know you said the big stuff stopped happening, but did the little stuff keep going? The little stuff continued. Oh, Mm -hmm. really? Yeah. And the little stuff even now sometimes happens in our house now. It's kind of followed me. So that also has kind of lent validity to the fact that it's me. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it was you, but I think a lot of the negative part was what was going on as well. Uh, So tell me some of the little things before we go so my listeners can know what you are up against every day. (laughs) So I know, right? So when I first moved out into my Norfolk apartment, um, the TV turning on and off was something that really followed me again. Um, And none of my other roommates experienced that. Okay. I would have issues with my key at night, like when I was trying to get into the apartment. Um, Something that was odd was it was almost like my key didn't fit the lock anymore. And then I would basically try it again, and all of a sudden it would fit the lock. So it was almost like whatever that energy was was trying to get me frustrated Mm -hmm. so that it could get me into a particular type of vibratory state. Yeah. Uh, it would cut my TV off at random times. You know, I worked a lot during that time, so I wasn't home a ton. The only time I was really home was in the wee hours of the night from like one in the morning till about six. Wow. So I saw a ton of activity during then. I also saw uh, a little female spirit pop into my space during that time that was a child. Mm. That was something else that was odd. And I found out pretty soon thereafter that there had been a killing of a small female close by in the area during that time. And I came to find out later that I was seeing that little girl. (gasps) Really? Oh my God. Talk about a crash course and how to elevate your psychic abilities, right? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But but, you know, I do think that what, what I said before, and I think you said I was right. I do think that they know you can see them you know, so the little girl you're seeing, or just the energies that are trying to mess with you. Who knows what the heck that is. But I, I love your story. So tell everybody where they could find you your podcast. Let's talk about everything. Sure. So you can find me on TikTok. My handle is Christina the Medium. Same for Instagram. My handle is Christina the Medium. I have a YouTube Reiki by Proxy station called the Rainbow Bale. Um, I also am the co-host to a paranormal podcast called the Ghosties Podcast that's streaming on all major platforms. And if you would like to book a service with me, you can find me on my website at christinathemedium.com. You are fantastic. I tell you, I only interview people that I love. And Christina, as you know, is my resident psychic medium. And I can go to her just like Crystal as well at all times of the day. And I'm leaving messages. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll eventually get back to me. But you know what? Man, I make you think. I think I make you think. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You are so right. (laughs) Whether you want to at six in the morning or not. But uh, but Christina, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much, honey, for joining me again. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. 
So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.